You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. What's up, church? Man, how are we doing? Good? Man, that was... Let's try it again. What's up, church? Yeah! Hey, man, I'm excited just to be here to continue worshiping Jesus through his word. And what one thing we do here, if you're new, even if you've been here forever, we're going to say this almost every week, but we're here for Jesus, right? We're here to worship him. We're here to lift him up. We're here to make him famous, right? So we're not, we're not consumers, right? We're participants. We're in the fight. We're in the battle. We're, we're in the army. So what I want you to understand is when we come to church, it's not just to consume stuff. It's not just so we get something out of it. No, it's for us to respond to who he is. And even this portion of our service, when we open God's word and we begin to just dig in, yeah, we're going to get something because the Spirit just does that for us. But man, the goal is to know him more. The goal is to be more and more intimate with him. Now, I hope that's your prayer. I hope that's your heart. Before we dive in, man, there's a lot of sickness going around just in our community. So I want us to pray as a church, as a body, for these people that are just hurting, they're sick, they're uh, whatever's going on in their life. I got a lot of texts this morning saying, hey, we're not going to make it, we're sick, we're not going to make it. This person's sick, it's just a lot of sickness. So we love our family, amen? So we're going to pray for them together, so let's pray. God, we, we come to you as the great healer. God, we come to you as the sovereign God who loves his kids. So God, as we we lift up these who are hurting, these who are sick, God, we're trusting you to do what only you can do. God, we're praying for physical healing. We're praying for emotional, spiritual healing. God, we're praying for peace and comfort. God, we're praying that you are glorified through all the sickness, all the circumstances, all the drama, whatever's happening, God, that you get the glory. God, we're trusting you to do what only you can do. We love you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue on in our series, Sermon on the Mount. This is week nine. So there's 12 weeks in this series, so there's a few more. And I told you guys about three or four weeks ago that if I was coaching Jesus, right, on giving this sermon, which he didn't give me that opportunity, but if I was coaching him, I would have said, hey, you need to group some of this together a little better because you talk about prayer here, and then you talk about some stuff, and then you talk about prayer again. As a pastor, it's really nice to just group all that stuff together. So I told you a few weeks ago when we talked about generosity that it was coming back, right? Generosity talk was coming back. So today we're talking about everyone's favorite topic, money. And some of you get nervous when we talk about money. I don't get nervous when we talk about money. Let me tell you why I don't get nervous when we talk about money. is because Jesus talked about money way more than I ever talk about money. That about one out of every ten verses in the Gospels is about money. Jesus, he he knew that this was important. He knew that this was the number one competitor for our hearts. And if you look at America, that's that's really what's going on with us. I'm going to give you some statistics, but I want you to, to hear this. There's two ways of doing money. There's God's way of doing money, and there's the world's way. And I think in this sermon, this Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, 
Jesus gets really, really practical about what the difference looks like. That, hey, you can do money the way the world does money if you want to, or you can do money the way that I say do money. And we're going to use a lot of scripture today, but let me give you some statistics. Because why do we talk about this? Why is it important? One, Jesus talked about it, right? It's in the Sermon on the Mount. But also because I want you to be free. I want you to live a life of freedom. And what happens is money is one of those things that just grabs a hold of us. And man, it holds us back from really being the fully devoted followers of Jesus that he's called us to be. Because we're so anxious, we're so worried, we're allowing money to control us instead of us telling our money what to do. This is, this is the truth. The consumer debt in America is about $151,000 per person. It went up last year 7%. So I want you to think about this. Consumer debt in America last year went up 7% during a season where unemployment went down like crazy. So people were losing jobs and more people were spending more money and our consumer debt continues to go up. A survey says that uh, two, most Americans are two paychecks away from being bankrupt. As our earning increases, the likelihood of suicide And there's a, people think that if they make more money, they're happier. But studies show that once you hit a certain amount of that, it's around $75,000 combined household income. No more money makes you any more happy. And some of you are sitting there like, man, that $75,000 would be great. And some of you are sitting there like, man, I couldn't make it on just $75,000. Here's the difference in how we handle money. Some of us handle money God's way. Some of us handle money the world's way. And we're going to see the difference. Most Americans feel generous. How many of you would say you're a generous person? You can be honest. This is an honest church. Okay. Most Americans feel generous. The average American gives less than 1% to some type of charitable organization. About $737 per year is what most Americans give. But the majority of Americans feel like they're generous people. So there's a disconnect going on. And here's the deal is that the world wants you to think that you need this, you need this, you have to buy this, you need to look like this, and that brings happiness. And what we're seeing is no amount of money can fill the void that is in you because of sin only Jesus can fill that void. So if you hear this message this morning and all you hear is me talking about money, you're missing it. Because what I want us to get today is that this is the gospel. That this has everything to do with our heart and how we are chasing after Jesus. And I don't want you to just hear about money this morning. Yeah, I want you to be free and I want you to live a life where you don't have to worry. Man, it's all about Jesus. It's all about how we are chasing money. There's some warnings in Scripture. There's one that's misquoted all the time, but in 1 Timothy 6.10 it says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Now, it doesn't say, right, that money is evil. 
it doesn't say that, and people, they try to throw that out there, that money, hey, money's not evil. Here's the problem, is that money makes a really good tool, but it makes a really horrible God. And the problem is, we begin to worship money and use God as a tool, instead of worshiping God and using our money. So money's not bad. It's the way that we we treat money, the way that we allow money to control us. There's another warning in Hebrews. It says, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Imagine that kind of freedom where it doesn't matter what you have, that you are content because you say, hey, the Lord is my helper. He is my God. He's my provider. I'm going to be content in him. And imagine that freedom. We live in a culture that is trying to teach us so much different than that. Because it's all about how much more you can get, how much more you can make, how much better you can look, Here's the deal. Here's the deal, man. I'm just going to be honest with you. You guys, y'all are beautiful people. But, man, no amount of money is going to make you any more beautiful. I just want, I want, you, to, I want you to know that. That you're not beautiful because of the way that you look on the outside. That you're beautiful as sons and daughters of God because he calls you his own. And he says that you are beautiful that you're wonderful, and that you're created. That's what makes you beautiful. That's what makes you valuable, not how much money you have. So let's jump in. Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about all this cool stuff. Starts off with the Beatitudes and says, hey, here's the process of salvation. When you realize that you need me, man, congratulations to you. You need that. You need that because you're spiritually bankrupt. Congratulations when you hand over the reins of your life to me. Then he goes on to talk about the heart and the motives and, and why things matter. He says, hey, you've heard, you've heard, don't kill people. You're like, yeah, cool, I'm good with that. He says, yeah, but don't even be, don't even be angry with people. And then you just kind of look down. It's like, yeah, that happened. That happened yesterday. That happened this morning. On the way, on the way to church, I got mad at somebody. I did. I'm speaking for you. But I know that you guys aren't like that. We're spiritual people here at Impact. We don't get like that. We don't get mad at people. He says, hey, check your heart, man. Check it. Your heart matters. Don't be like the hypocrites, right? Don't be like the hypocrites when, you, when you're when you generous so people can see you. Don't be like the hypocrites when you pray so people think you're all spiritual and you have this long prayer. He gives us a model prayer that we took and just recite it and we have no clue what it means. And then we talked about fasting. There's a purpose, right, of fasting. It's not just to lose weight. It's to say no to something and yes to Jesus. And on the heels of that, he goes back to this generosity and giving thing here in Matthew 6. Verse 19 says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in. This is what he's saying, man. This is number one. Number one is this. This world is not your permanent home. 
He's saying, hey, everything that you have on this earth is temporary. It's not going to last. You can, you can store up whatever you want to store up, but it's not going to last. And you say, well, I thought we were supposed to save. and Yeah, so we'll talk about that. And the Bible's pretty clear that we should save. We should, we should leave an inheritance for our children's children, children. Here's the deal, though. We got some stupid kids sometimes. Let's just be honest. And we're saving up this inheritance, and guess what's going to happen? Your kid's going to blow your money on something you don't want them to blow it on. I'm just being honest. Maybe not. Maybe you raised some cool kids. That's great. My kids are going on. Like, I don't know which way they're headed right now. But, yeah, the Bible's clear. Yes, save some. But, man, don't store up for yourselves treasures here. Meaning, don't allow your focus and your God and your worship to be on temporary things. I don't know how many of you travel often. I don't travel that often, but man, I was thinking about what if I went to um, some kind of, let's say the, the women are going to a conference. This is a, a plug for you guys. Women. Going on a conference in October, Pigeon Forge, I think. It's going to be fun. They're staying in these hotels, whatever they're staying in. What if they walk in this room and they're like, yeah, this carpet ain't going to work for me. I need some, some marble type. Boring. They go to the front desk and say, "Hey, I need the I need the number to the closest Home Depot because this carpet's not doing it. I want to put marble in the countertops. Yeah, those are horrible. Let's do quartz countertops. That's what we want. We don't want granite. We'd rather have quartz. Whatever. And then they start investing all this money, and the hotel's like, "Yeah, so we appreciate that, but it seems like a awful huge investment for just a short stay." Be like, yeah, you know what? That's right. And Jesus is saying, why are you investing so much in this world when it's temporary? That seems like an awful big investment for just a short stay. Now we have to get to a place in our relationship with Jesus where we understand this isn't our permanent address. That we are citizens of heaven. And we're just here passing now, we have a purpose of being here, but it's not to store up for ourselves treasures on earth. In Luke chapter 12, it says, And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. So Jesus is saying, Hey, it's coming, so be on guard, because all this money, all this stuff, you're going to want it, so just be on guard with this. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Your life doesn't consist in how much stuff you have. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, listen to me. You do not want the creator of the universe to walk into your bedroom and you're like, oh, hey, God. And he's like, you're a fool. Like, you don't want that to happen. This dude was a fool because 
listen to what he's saying. He's saying, hey, I have all this stuff. It's my stuff. It's my crops. It's my goods. I'm going to build my barn. I'm going to make my barn bigger. This is all about me. And then he speaks to his soul and says, soul, you can be good now. And I ask myself, why is this dude speaking to his soul? And I think it's because intuitively he knows that none of the stuff, none of the money, none of that can speak to his soul. None of it can satisfy him. So he's telling himself, soul, you're good. Because look at all this stuff that we have. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself, and it's not rich toward God. Here's the two differences, man. We can be rich toward God, or we can be rich toward me. Those are the two choices that we have. We could do money God's way, and we could be rich toward him, or we could do money the world's way, and we could be rich toward us. God's saying, man, who's going to get this stuff? Anyway, I always think about this, is that somebody's getting my golf clubs when I die. Somebody. They're going to take my golf clubs, go play courses that I never got to play, and be better than me. And I'm not, I'm not okay with that. Like, I, I'm a very competitive person, and I don't want somebody I don't know using my golf clubs to, to shoot better than me. I don't want that. But somebody's getting that stuff. Guess what's going to be here in a hundred years? Your stuff, your money, and God. Not you. It's temporary. And I hope we can just wrap our minds around the fact that this earth is not our permanent home. And God says, man, you're a fool with that. You're like, well, I don't even have barn. He's talking about building barns. I don't even have a barn. Here's the deal, man. There's there's over 50,000 storage units in America. 50,000. There's 2.3 billion square feet of storage space in this country. What that means is that every one of us, everybody in America could have over seven square feet of space to stand in. That's how much storage space we have. And I'm not telling you that if you have a storage unit that you need to go and get rid of everything. I will say this. If you have a storage unit and you haven't missed the stuff that's in there for a year, you should just go sell it and do something for Jesus with the money. If you own a storage facility, God bless you. I hope your business does well and you tithe to the church. Hey, here's the deal. We're not taking up a special offering today. This isn't to try to get you to give money. I don't want you to think that. What this is, is for us to understand what it looks like to live as kingdom people, not as worldly people. And Jesus knew that money was going to be one of the top things. Paul is writing a letter, training up this pastor, Timothy. And at first, Timothy is talking to him. And he's saying, hey, you're going to have two different types of people. You're going to talk to people who want to be rich. You're going to talk to people who are rich. And that makes a difference how you talk to them. And he says this in verse 17. As for the rich, as for the rich in this present age, 
And then you're like, hey, so I'm not rich. Now, again, I'm going to throw some numbers out there at you. If your combined household income is over $35,000, then you are in the top 1% in the, in the world. If you have a car, you are in the top 1% in the world. If you have two cars, man, you are extra rich. If you have a house that has a house for your car, you are rich. If you have so much stuff that your car is homeless, then you are rich. So basically, it's all of us in this room right now. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty. Where people don't say that you did it all yourself. God is blessing you with the stuff that you have. Don't say that you did it yourself. That's what he's saying. Nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. And that's the problem. We begin to put our hopes in our things instead of in Jesus. Just but on God who richly provides us with everything to what? To enjoy. To enjoy. Here's the deal. God doesn't give you stuff just to say, hey, I'm dangling this in your life. You can't do anything with it. No, he wants you to enjoy the things that he gives you. We're to enjoy these things and we're to bring glory to him through these things. And I can pick on stuff like new flooring and new counters because I don't care anything about that stuff. Right? You've never heard me pick on anything sports related. Right? I just wouldn't do that. But I can pick on countertops and flooring. Like that doesn't, I don't care about that. Again, if that's your business, that's great. That's how the economy works, by the way. That people have businesses, they employ people, they make goods, people buy them, people get to eat dinner at night. That's just how it works. That stuff is great. The problem is we begin to put so much trust and value in money that it becomes our God. And God becomes a tool to make us more and more money, to get us more and more stuff. Number two is this if you're taking notes. We're supposed to enjoy and bring glory to God. We're supposed to enjoy the stuff. It's okay to have stuff. I'm not telling you not to buy stuff. Stuff is okay if we're enjoying it, but using it for his glory. Some of you, you probably need to go home and look at your finances and realize that your house broke because you bought a house that you couldn't afford. You need to sell that house and you need to downsize. For some of you, you need to buy the brand new house in the brand new neighborhood because you need to be a witness in that community for Jesus. The truth is, I can't tell you what your next step is. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. But I promise you that he will tell you if you listen. He will tell you if you listen. So it's not about, man, this person has a new house, this person has a new house, which one's okay to have a new house. That's not the deal. The deal is what is the Holy Spirit leading you to do? Are you leveraging everything that God has blessed you with for his kingdom and for his glory and for your enjoyment? The interesting thing is once we begin to live this way, we begin to enjoy the things that God enjoys. We begin to enjoy seeing people's lives changed forever. 
But we're supposed to be generous people. How many, again, I'm not even going to ask this again. Everybody asks, but everyone thinks they're generous. That's great. But here's the deal. Some of us, because we have a huge house payment, two or three car payments, student loan payments, credit card payments, we don't have the margin in our budget to be generous. So when the Spirit prompts us to do something and to be generous to someone, we can't do it because we have all these payments and money is controlling you instead of you telling your money where to go. And you say, well, hey, I control. I control my money. My money don't control me. So this is what I would say. Take your next paycheck and put 50% into some kind of uh, outreach. You're like, well, I can't do that. I have this bill and this bill this bill and this bill and this bill and this bill and I get it but at this point at like bill number seven whatever you're no longer telling your money what to do it's controlling you and, and I just want to be honest with you about scripture scripture says that the the one in debt right is enslaved to the lender that the more we get in debt, the more we're enslaved, the more we're bound, and we can't get out, and we can't live in the freedom that God wants us to live in. Back to Matthew chapter 6. Say, don't lay up yourself treasures on earth. Verse 20 says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, for neither moth nor rust destroys, nor thieves do not break through. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I want you to understand the pathway, right? The order of this. It doesn't say where your heart is. Your treasure's going to be there. And people, they get this backwards all the time. Even though the words say what they say, it says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is what Jesus is saying. Where your treasure is, your heart is following that. If you put emphasis on all of your stuff, your heart is going to follow all of your stuff. If you put emphasis on Jesus, your heart follows. So what's your treasure? Is it your, your nice truck that you bought? Hey, and I love my truck, man. So I'm not It's running hot right now, but I love it. And I'm not telling you that you shouldn't have a truck. What I'm telling you is that a lot of times we buy these things and we take out a huge loan and we have a lot of debt, and we do this because we think that we look cool in the truck. We're going to impress other people. We're keeping up with the Joneses. Whatever. Here's the funny part, man. You can't even see you in the truck. So you think you're looking cool in the truck, but you don't even see yourself in the truck. And let's be honest. After one trip, your truck smells like you and French fries. That's Maybe that's just me. But after one trip, that's what my vehicle smells like. Whether it's my French fries or the kids' French fries, there's French fries somewhere. But what we do is, man, we we try to look cool. We don't even buy stuff because we necessarily want it really, like, passionately. It's because we want other people to see that we have this. And God says, man, what are you doing? Are you trying to impress people? Because there's a way that I teach how to do money, and it isn't to impress people. It's for you to enjoy and to bring me glory. 
Are you doing that? How do we lay up treasures in heaven? How do we store up for ourselves? I mean, and I've thought about this a lot, and you've heard me say this, but I think, and I can't take my golf clubs, I can't take my money, I can't take my truck, I can't take anything. The only thing I can take with me are other people. So I think, to me, Jesus is saying, hey, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, meaning spread the gospel with as many people as you can. Take as many people with you to heaven as you can. It's important for us to understand that the only thing we can take to heaven is people. Not stuff, not money, not all this other junk that you have. I got a lot of junk, man, so I, I don't want you to think that I'm telling you that I don't have a lot of junk. I do. You can look at my garage and see I got a lot of stuff in there. My cars are homeless, 100%. What I'm saying is, I'm constantly trying to figure out how we can make it on less so that we can give more to him. And we got a, a house and a neighborhood, and it's the most I ever spent on a house. But here's the deal is that. Probably 80% of this church is made up of that neighborhood. So we're buying houses in the neighborhood to reach people for Jesus. So that we can have community, that we can do life together. So I'm not telling you not to buy stuff. I'm telling you, pray about it. See what God wants you to do and how you can enjoy the stuff he's given you and bring glory to him. How can we share the gospel? Yeah, we should leverage everything that he's given to us. I think Biggie Smalls was really inspirational when he said, more money, more problems. Right? The more money that we have, the more problems that we see. It's just the truth, man. Money doesn't solve the hole in your life. It doesn't give you the satisfaction that you think it's going to give you. And let me get. Let me just tell you a secret. Nothing of this world will do that. Nothing. No money, no relationship, no drug, no drink, nothing. Nothing will fulfill you except for Jesus. That's what this is about. He goes on. It says the eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Here's what he's saying. Everything's connected. Right? Everything's connected. And I know this personally because I went to um, uh, ENT, is that what they're called? Like an ear, nose, and throat specialist thing a while back, years ago, because I wanted them to clean my ear. They got this like suction thing. It's like, and it's just, it's, yeah, it's legit. Here's the deal. I felt like they were sucking stuff down my throat. They're in my ear, sucking, like sucking stuff out, and I feel it like down here. 
and I'm freaking out. Like, what is happening? They're like sucking my tonsils out. It's like, well, I already got those out. Maybe they grew back. I don't even know what happened. But everything's connected. You can like, you can hurt your foot and somehow your elbows hurt. It just happens. And the older you get, the more it's really all connected. Amen. And what Jesus is saying here is, hey, everything's connected. You can't say, man, I'm a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Man, I'm rocking it out as a Christian. And then do money the way that the world says do money. He says it's all connected. You can't, you can't do that. You can't pick and choose. If you want to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus, then you fully devote yourself to do money the way that he says do money. Can't serve two masters. We're going to close this morning with something that I think is very, very interesting. One, Jesus says you cannot serve God in money. He doesn't say you can't serve God in Satan. He doesn't say you can't serve God in uh, sex. You can't serve God in drugs. You can't serve God in this. No, he says you can't serve God and money. Of all the things he could choose, he chooses money. I think he knew. That even in 2022, money would be the top competitor for our hearts. He said, you can't serve both. I'm not telling you that money's not good. It's a good tool. It's just a horrible guide. Because it will let you down. It will tear you apart. And that's really in the Greek. That's the image of this. Is you can't serve two. Is that you have one foot in the God camp, one foot in the world camp, and they're pulling you it will literally tear you apart. Then he goes on to talk about savers and spenders. Some, how many of you are savers? All right, how many of you are spenders? Okay, cool. Okay, that's good. Some of y'all are both. That's, that's fantastic. Here's the deal. So he talks about, hey, so you can save, that's great, but why are you saving so much? The problem with saving isn't that you're saving, it's that you're finding your security in what you're saving, and your security is found in Jesus. And then he talks to the spenders, and he says, hey, why are you spending so much? Don't you know that I'll take care of you? Why are you worried about all this stuff when I am your good father who wants to bless you and take care of you? Then he closes with Matthew 6.33. That's where we're going to close. And he says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. He's talking about all these things. Don't worry about these things. Don't be anxious about this. Don't save for your security. Don't spend because you don't think I'm going to come through. But seek me first and all this stuff will be added to you. I will take care of you. That's what he said. And as some, Jesus, Jesus never took up an offering, right? So I just want you to know that I'm not saying that they didn't take up offering. I'm just saying that there was one time that Jesus asked for money, and then he gave it back. And I want to read that because I think that's really important, and I want you to know that I'm not asking you this morning for money. As we said three or four weeks ago, I don't want you to give because of a sermon. I want you to live generously because of the gospel. 
in Matthew 22, these religious people are trying to trick Jesus. And they're like, hey, should we should we pay our taxes, basically? And this this verse has been taken out of context to, to try to help every political party that's ever existed. And they're saying, hey, should we pay taxes? Should we do that? And then they have him trapped because no matter what he says, somebody's going to get mad, either the, the Jews or the Romans. Somebody's getting mad at this answer. And he says this, show me the coin for the tax. So they bring Jesus this coin. They hand it to him. And Jesus said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God. Now, people again have tried to take this completely out of context. But Jesus has this coin. He's looking at this coin. He says, Hey, whose who's likeness is on here? Whose face is on this coin? And they say Caesar's. And he's like, Cool. Well, give unto Caesar what Caesar's. Do with money what you're supposed to do with money. And then if you want to just use your spiritual imagination for a minute, I think that what Jesus was really getting at here, and just just assume he's talking to you, and he puts his, his finger in your chest, and he says, and who's like this? Surrender under Caesar what is Caesar's. But whose image you made it? And we see in Genesis, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So God created man in his own image, the image of God. He created male and female. God wants all of you. So yeah, render under Caesar what is Caesar's. That's that's fine. Do it with money what you're supposed to do with money. It's a great tool. It's a great resource. Use it for your enjoyment and His glory. But do with you what you're supposed to do with you, and that's to give all of you to Him. Is that you were made in the likeness and image of God. That you are an image bearer of the Most High. He wants all of you. Yeah, maybe this coin is in the likeness of Caesar. You're in the likeness. Surrender unto God what is His. It's all of you. Let's stand together. Again, I don't want you to think that the the main purpose of this this message has anything to do with money. The main purpose of this message is to show you that God is who He is. And that he should always be our focus and our treasure. And our heart will follow that. And then secondarily, yeah, there's a way to do money his way and a way to do money the world's way. How are you doing money? Do you have the margin left to be generous? Or are you trying to keep up with the Joneses? The Joneses ain't even here. If your last name is Jones, God bless you. And I want you to be free. I want you to live in a freedom that only He can provide. 
not a freedom of trying to have more stuff and to keep up with people and to look good, but to leverage everything you have for your enjoyment, for His glory, to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.